Pastor Miles Rohde leads Redemption Church in downtown Spokane. Like many pastors these days, he's becoming an expert in digital communication. His focus during COVID-19 has been on how to keep his flock engaged and hopeful. Welcome to Faves Forward, a new podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons. Would you mind starting by just giving a little bit of background on Redemption? I think it's one of those churches in Spokane people have driven by a lot, but if they haven't been inside, who are you guys? Yeah, so uh, Redemption Church Spokane, or also known as Redemption Spokane, we've been in existence uh, since January 2015. Uh, We were originally to be a uh, satellite plant of Mars Hill Church in Seattle, and everybody at least in our world, knew what happened there. And by God's grace, um, that was better for us as a church. Uh, But we, in 2014, we had begun the church planting efforts. That's when I met you and you interviewed us. And uh, you were one of the very first uh, folks here to be super kind to us. So I was grateful for that. Uh, But we were, we officially launched after dissolving as Mars Hill church in Spokane uh, as Redemption Spokane in January of 2015. And we are, and we've, I guess we're almost uh, over five months into our sixth year. And uh, what a sixth year it's been for for us and what a year it's been for everybody. Um, And we have gone through all sorts of uh, mild transitions over the years from Uh, which happens with church plants where we're just, uh, we've got an original core group of folks. And then over the years, people either move or move on to other things. And our church looks uh, in terms of demographics much different than what it did back in 2015. And thankfully so, because while we still have a lot of young families with a lot of kids, uh, we're starting to get some of the gray hairs. And uh, thankfully so, because I'm, I'm up there with them and uh, empty nesters. So that's been really good to see a multi-generational atmosphere. Um, And yeah, that's a lot has changed at the corner of second and division over the last six years. And that has increased uh, some challenges for us. Um, But it's it's a great place to be in terms of the location. It's the most central place really in all of Spokane uh, in the inland Northwest to get to. And uh, and our church comes, our folks come from all four corners of the Inland Northwest. So uh, we're grateful to be here. I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing so well. I know church growth is something a lot of uh, congregations are struggling with. So it's, it's cool to see you guys succeeding in that area. Well, succeeding in terms of plateauing. We were successfully plateaued and, uh, and, and that's been good. We, we saw some growth that was larger than we could handle in the early uh, couple of years and, and not exponentially large, you know, just a couple hundred people, but with being a one uh, pastor staff that was challenging. And, and so we've brought on elders, lay elders, lay pastors to, to help with that and develop more of a, a team uh, for care. And um, I'm, I'm not a church. I'm not a pastor that can pastor, hundreds of people. So the Lord is very kind in not blowing up our doors and uh, giving us the capacity to care with those that we have. And then no, new folks and visitors that come in, but we've plateaued and it's allowed us to breathe a bit. So yeah, that makes sense. Being too big can be a problem all on its own. <laughs> big it? time. 
Yeah, I've heard those stories. I was a part of something like that, I think, back in the day. So I did notice you guys are doing a lot online right now to stay connected to your community since you're not worshiping um, in person, including, I think you have a new members class going on? We did. We had it uh, on the 26th. It was a new members class over Zoom. Yeah, and that went well. All these things that we're doing over Zoom are firsts for us. Yeah, of course. Everybody's trying to figure this out. So I watched your video to even decide whether to to go online or to meet in person. You produced a, a YouTube announcement for, or a video announcement for your yeah. congregation. And why did you decide to do it that way? And how did that go over? To go with Zoom. Yeah, you gave it a lot of thought on whether or not to continue sure. being in person or not. Yeah, um, for us and and for a number of friends who are in the ministry as well, one of the big things that we wanted to ensure is that we were being wise, but also uh, being good citizens. And Romans 13 clearly talks about uh, the usefulness of government and, and our submissiveness to government insofar as it doesn't contradict with uh, with anything that we believe the Lord telling us or commanding us in scripture. So um, we responded right away back when Governor Inslee um, minimized, I think it was down to 50 uh, or so people uh, to not gather. And we just chose to go straight to an online platform. We had Facebook Live and still do, well, while we were meeting locally and, and in person. And that was just primarily for our folks who uh, couldn't make it or at sick or, or something like that. But, and, and we had options to continue a Facebook live platform um, or pre-record. Cause I've got a, a few friends that are doing those kinds of things. And I'm not that creative for one, nor do I enjoy that in terms of just an interaction. And we felt that one of the, the more challenging things during this um, stay at home order was going to be the actual person to person connection and accountability. You know, are we able to know if someone's not been around on our online gatherings over zoom, you know, for a couple of weeks um, that we can check in on and that kind of stuff. So zoom afforded that for us. Um, It may sound a bit old school uh, to some degree. We kind of take attendance. Um, You know, we ask them to chat, you know, on there and let us know how many adults, how many kids are joining us. Um, we haven't really opened it up at all to visitors or anybody who uh, is outside of the church, primarily because of security risks with what's going on with Zoom. But we have no mechanism in place right now to be able to reach out and connect with visitors and, and to uh, invite them to things or that kind of stuff. So we just really needed to focus in on the flock that was numbered among us. And, and Zoom has allowed us to be able to do that quite well. I think it's really important to keep tabs on everybody in this time. Do you yeah. have folks in your congregation who are at risk or who are ill? Uh, we right did. Uh, not, not anymore. Um, we didn't have anybody test positive, but we had a number of people test. And we actually have in our congregation of about uh, 200 with adults and kids, about 220, we have probably 20 or 30 folks who are in the medical career field, medical professional, and nurses, PAs, doctors, medical school students, uh, admin, all that kind of stuff. So there, there was a heightened sense of, not worry, but the reality of it was, was kicking in for our people. We had one of our nurses, um, he came in contact with a COVID patient that they didn't know um, at the time was positive, but later found out uh, was positive. 
and and he was a respiratory therapist as a nurse so he was on the front lines and so they didn't have any of the PPE at that time so he had to be quarantined for 14 days before he could ever go home to his family and and that was while still working um, but he tested negative and so we had those kinds of things we did have um, a gentleman who lives which is strange for us as a church we're located downtown but we only have one person in our church who's actually uh, in our zip code and uh, and and he's a dear dear saint uh, but lives in a, in a lower income subsidized housing at risk he was super worried we we brought him supplies and stuff as as he needed um, but he ended up testing negative and, and is feeling much better well good I'm glad everyone's healthy yeah um, it has scary. yeah for um, sure music is an important part of contemporary worship which is I believe what you guys uh, do there at redemption I noticed you have uh, you're using a Spotify playlist yeah yeah so we we use that just to let people we don't use it actually during the service so um, with these zoom calls our service is much more truncated it's a little shorter it's more intimate uh, we allow for other elements that we typically wouldn't allow just for logistics in, an, in a physical gathering um, but we wanted to let people know what songs we are going to be singing together so they think most of them are familiar with them um, but it's something to kind of to spur them on to be thinking that this is what we're going to be gathering together to sing and then our worship director he he pre-records those with his guitar in his home um, and leads us in song and uh, but we we only use the playlist as wetting each other everybody's whistle you know for what's coming yeah well that's nice because you can turn to it throughout the week as well yes for sure um, you mentioned earlier that you have a lot of young families in your congregation. How are you engaging youth right now? Yeah, so uh, we have a handful of youth, and probably about 15 or so um, in that teenage area. My youngest daughter is a part of that. And so that's been a little bit more challenging because school is still you know, going on for most of them. Um, and our quote-unquote youth ministry was, it was just in its early phases. So there hasn't been much going on for them um, other than just points of contact of leaders reaching out and that kind of stuff or sending notes. Uh, people are starting to write again with pen and paper, which is really great. But for our kids, which we have about 90 children um, and, and probably about 240 adults on, if you brought us all together, it's, we do church growth by nursery growth here apparently. And, um, and so one of the fun things that we do or that I'm doing is I do twice a week a kid's Bible story time with Pastor Miles. And, uh, and so this is the book that I'm going through right now, the big book of Bible stories. It's very rhythmic and kind of Dr. Seuss-like. And, um, and so that has taken on its own uh, identity. It's really been a blessing for me, just my own soul, because I miss those kids. It's one of the things that I enjoy most about Sunday mornings is welcoming all the children and interacting with them. And, and we get about oh, 30 or 40 kids that will pop on the call for a half an hour and we'll, I'll, tur I'll unmute their mics so that they can all say hi to one another because they miss each other so badly. Um, and then I have the wonderful power of muting them all and we read the story, ask a few questions, 
Uh, and then it's a free-for-all. The kids want to tell me jokes. I ask them, what are they going to have for lunch? And uh, it just, it has turned into something that is in the midst of all of this, this will live beyond the COVID crisis. And um, I get letters from kids, coloring pages from kids. And I told them that if they sent anything to me while they were at home during this time, I'd write them back. And, and so I take screenshots of holding all their artwork up when I receive it. And I think that I'm, I'm sure they have fun, but it has really been a huge blessing for me. You're yeah. right. I wonder how many of these new practices that churches are adopting will uh, continue into this yeah. post-pandemic. Yeah, this was a, it was just an idea that came to me actually as I was lying down going to bed and I had to, I don't normally have those kinds of things happen. So I just had a pen and paper and wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it in the morning and uh, and it took off. And this, we, did, we had one today. We learned about uh, the tax collector and the Pharisee and um, I had a sombrero because it's Cinco de Mayo. And uh, this Thursday, we're just doing a crazy hat day as we read another story. So super fun. Yeah, that sounds like fun. And it's also, I'm sure, a huge help to parents. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My wife told me that on the women's Facebook page, somebody had mentioned, you know, if they should pay me babysitting money, you know, during that half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, But it's, it's funny. I'll see moms kind of lounging on a couch behind the kids checking their phones or uh, a mom went and worked out in the next room while, you know, Pastor Miles was watching their kids. So it's, uh, it's been fun. That sounds great. Um, and what a, it sounds like you're really able to connect with the youth in a new way too. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think I saw something on your website about a special curriculum you're using for the youth as well through um, Lifeway. I'm not sure if that was, but the yeah. Uh, curriculum. Yeah. Yeah, so we use a curriculum called the Gospel Project from put out by Lifeway. Um, and, and as a smaller church, um, money during this time, you know, we don't want to just waste on resources and stuff. And, and there have been a number of organizations, institutions in, a, in our theological vein that have put out uh, a temporary curriculum that's accessible for parents for free. So we're holding on to our curriculum here so that we can use it in the next quarter without having to drop another, you know, thousand or two dollars for our curriculum, you know, we never got to use. So um, the Lifeway stuff at home is completely free Uh, during this time. It has some videos, some songs, some activity pages that the parents can um, do together. And that's been uh, a huge blessing uh, because you know, there. Even though my sermons are a lot shorter over this COVID crisis, and I'm afraid people are getting too uh, comfortable with that, the kids can't even you know stick around for 20, 30 minutes. So having those activities there for them, um, songs that they can sing throughout the week, because it goes even just beyond a typical Sunday. That's been a, a huge blessing. Yeah, um, you're also doing some stuff for the adults. I think I saw you're doing. You did a trivia. Yeah. So that was not. Uh, I can't take and don't want to any credit for that. So we have um, a ministry within our our church body because we're so regional. um, When we would gather, even physically on Sunday, rarely are we spending life together throughout, you know, just normal activities. We have small groups in those regions, but bringing us all together. And so we have a gather ministry that on the first Friday of every month would 
do something here. Like over Christmas, we're building gingerbread houses for, with kids and, and uh, or working, you know, volunteering at HRC or uh, Union Gospel Mission as, as one of those events. Whilst during the, the COVID stuff, um, there is nothing for us to gather to do. And so our gal, Jill Wheatley, um, used a, an app called Kahoot that apparently all the kids know about, but I had never heard of it. Uh, it's a trivia game app and she designs the trivia games and she shares the screen over Zoom. And we have, uh, we've done it now twice and it's a huge success um, in that we get to interact with one another and, and whoever wins or whatever team wins gets a pizza delivered at social distancing, you know, that kind of a thing. So, you know, making some fun of the, the current circumstance that we're in, uh, but providing us with ways to do that. So it's, it's been great. My kids, and I have a 20-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter, and my son's a sophomore at Eastern. Um, he has no real desire to, to be, you know, to go and make gingerbread houses or whatever. But at this trivia, uh, this last one was, they had Harry Potter and he was like, I'm in it. And, uh, and so um, it was great. That's really creative. I won't lie. I've always had the idea to do a trivia for faves. Um, and then I saw you guys are doing it. And I was like, okay, I got to I got to follow your lead here. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it was her idea. And apparently that app works slick. And it was so fun. What are some other things you guys are doing to stay connected in this time? Yeah, so again, because of our regional um, location and the space that we have on Sundays, we haven't really been able to have many classes, you know, on a typical Sunday. And so this has forced us during this time to think outside of the box and leverage the technology that is afforded us. And, and so I have a Wednesday uh, at lunch from 12 to 1245 or 1250, um, how to study the Bible class. And so it goes through six to eight weeks and I've got uh, 15 adults in that class and we'll redo it again, you know, once uh, that class expires and then we'll look at doing some other things like that. Our community groups um, are meeting over Zoom. So community group that normally, or small group that normally meets at, at our house, meeting tonight at 6.30 um, over Zoom, and we'll spend some time catching up. How is everyone doing? Praying for each other, a short devotion, and that's been good. Um, we've also had a business meeting, uh, the very fun business meetings for churches. We've done that over Zoom, and it was actually one of the best attended that we've ever had because uh, people didn't have to go anywhere, and as soon as it was over, it was over. And then we had some difficult transitions in leadership in the midst of COVID crisis where we needed to have a special church meeting, and we did that last Tuesday night, and we were able to use this and answer questions and um, hear from the congregation in ways that logistically would have taken a lot more time and planning to do, but because we could just flip a switch, if you will, and invite everybody to be a part of that, um, that was super helpful. People are zoomed out, but they're still tuning in, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. And we did change it up uh, for our Good Friday service. We pre-recorded that um, and posted it as a premiere on YouTube so that I could go home and watch it with my family um, at that time. And then Easter, we wanted it to, to look different than our Zoom stuff, but not feel the same as a typical Easter Sunday because, and that's another thing that we've tried to avoid is 
we don't want to come across as things are you know normal. We lament over what's going on and uh, we rejoice and be able to use the technology, but we lament over the fact that we're not together and we long to be together. So I didn't want to give the impression that, hey, this is consumeristic. You can just watch it like you normally would. But then on our Easter service, we did a Facebook Live video and it went well, but I couldn't tell you who was on because we didn't have that, you know, we had a lot more views, um, but we went immediately back to Zoom so that we could keep tabs on who's there, who's missing, you know, how can we stay connected? Right. I noticed, so you're in your office. Yes. Right now. I see um, lots of books behind you and I think a, I think a Jesus doll. Yes. <laughs> there. It's nice. the hallmark, my friend, Jesus. Nice, nice. What's it like to be, you know, in such an empty building right now? Are you, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, during the week, it's virtually empty anyway. It's myself and, and two other staff. Um, but I walk through the sanctuary often, primarily just in the last week because we've had a lot of vandalism lately. But even those first few weeks, walking through the sanctuary, walking through the children's area, there, the emptiness is heavy. There's a personification to the emptiness, and um, and so that's been that's been strange. I know, as we're starting to brainstorm on phases of reentry, while still honoring uh, and respecting what what's being handed down to us by our officials, we want to be able to prepare for when we are able to come back and. And when we come back, that can't be just a light switch that comes back, but we, we need to celebrate. And I've shared with our folks that, you know, that we should be the most hope-filled people, you know, during this time. And, and so we hope to be able to uh, display that, you know, when those days come. But it, it is really, it's emptier, if that's even possible. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I mean, you have a, a large building there, uh, yeah. classrooms and a kitchen and sanctuary. Yes. We did have some mice that came through during our all church business meeting that we saw. And uh, normally we would have panicked about that to get it ready for Sunday, but we're taking our time making sure we're getting them all. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, we still have to maintain the buildings, right? <laughs> Even yes. No one's using them. So. Yeah. So you're obviously staying plenty busy with all of your classes and Zooms. So you're pretty connected to your congregation. And what's the sense that you're getting from people? How are they coping? How are they feeling? Yeah. um, Early on, there was a lot of fear. And, um, and I even moved, had a temporary office at my house in a guest bedroom, you know, so I was at home for six weeks and, um, and trying to stay connected. We made a lot of phone calls to people. We invited others within our congregation who didn't feel like they could do anything other than I can call, I can text, I can email, I can check in. Um, and so that was really helpful. We had, well, we had two forms that we made available digitally on our website and through Facebook. I need help during COVID-19, um, run out of supplies, you know, they got to go to a doctor's appointment and they need somebody to watch their children and they need to feel safe that they feel that their children are safe. And then I can help with people saying, I can drop off groceries. I can pick up groceries. I can, you know, give some of my toilet paper, you know, those kinds of things. And so what we found early on was there were a lot of people who were ready to help and willing to help. And, uh, but there was just a lot of fear 
And now I think that the fear has subsided, unfortunately, to, um, and not so much in our church, but you can, you, it's bubbling up even all throughout our community, you know, of just, this has got to end. Um, and if it doesn't end soon, I'm going to rebel, you know, all those kinds of things, which we try to share with our people, like, calm down, you know, we're not going anywhere. The fear was a, a, a real shock early on, because I didn't, I didn't fully anticipate the depth of anxiety that many people within our church, especially so, so young, um, that they had. And, and so we made as many efforts as we possibly could to stay connected with calls, texting. Um, I would do, I'd invite a couple of guys through our men's ministry. Hey, I'm going to be up at six 30 on this day. Um, hop on this call with me and I'll pray with you. And, and that was easy to do. And, and guys did. And oftentimes it was just one guy, um, which providentially was much better because he got to talk about some of the fears or they did whatever. Um, as I'm, I'm circling around, I may have forgotten the question, but. No, I think you answered it. I was just checking in and seeing how your parishioners yeah. are, are feeling. It sounds like, I think for a lot of people, it has evolved from fear to almost restlessness. And so yeah. I imagine trying to kind of ease that is something that you're part of your ministry at the moment. Yeah. To stave off those fears. Um, we, we were in the middle of a two year long sermon series in the book of Acts. And, um, and during this time, I put a pause on that for a couple of weeks and did more topical on, uh, we are the church, a biblical response to crisis. And then I tried to get back into Acts after Holy week and it just didn't feel right. Um, it just Acts is a great book and, and maybe one of these years we'll finish it, but it was, it wasn't speaking to anything that our people were walking through. So we went through the Psalms uh, or some of the Psalms going back to this, a biblical response to crisis. So that that's kind of calming all of us. Um, and one of the really neat things we do in our video call for our service is right after the sermon time, um, we'll have the, we'll have the people share evidences of God's grace. And so you can't do that, you know, on a Facebook live or, you know, a live stream or a recorded service. So we'll allow them to unmute themselves and share what's going on. You know, where can they see these little evidences of God's grace, maybe in the way that they're parenting or maybe in the things that they're being convicted of, or, or maybe in, you know, being able to, to help a neighbor neighbor. And that is, that has turned into a lot of what the kids story time is. It's taken on its own identity where I think people are actually more interested to hear that sometimes than anything that I might have to say. But because we don't have anybody who's just visiting to come in, it seems like a safe place for right now to be able to do that. And that has, that has brought about a sense of peace that, um, that I don't think we'd be able to actually have on a typical Sunday, you know, in, in a crisis like this. So that's been a neat thing. Yeah, it sounds very engaging. It really is. Yeah. And I was worried about it at first. Cause I'm like, all right, who's going to have some word they want to share. And, uh, and because I didn't have any of the controls, I would have my associate, you know, get the mute button ready just in case. <laughs> yeah. So on your website, you do have a section, a COVID section um, that I noticed, and you have a biblical response to COVID some text there. So could you just kind of explain what you guys think that looks like or what you think that looks like? 
Wow, it's been a while since I put it up there. So, um, yeah, I won't be able to remember uh, entirely. Let me. Oh, that's okay. Just kind of, okay. just to kind of go off of what you guys are talking about. What is the biblical yeah. response to a crisis? And for sure, and- this is a natural evil. Um, we believe biblically that you know sin has come into the world that it it has marred creation and and death was never to be a part of the created order and and so this wasn't a moral evil that somebody caused or even some country caused per se, but that this is a natural evil. And our response to that is it should humble us because something so microscopic um, and microbial could be the end of us, you know, especially uh, thriving and flourishing people that we think we are, you know, as, as Americans um, that we can't be stopped. We're too big to fail. And then this little bug kills it, you know, 70,000 of us. Um, so to, to have a humility about that, but also to recognize that this is not out of the ordained control of, of a sovereign God, and that Paul's words in Romans that uh, in 828, that these things will be used for good. It doesn't say for our good, like it's going to, but it, in the end, these this will be used for good. Maybe part of that good can be seen providentially in in how we deal with viruses moving forward, how we engage with people, um, much like 9-11, you know, even though that was a moral evil, people were real aware, intimately aware of people's personhood, you know, their neighbor. And uh, and so that's kind of the premise uh, response that we're hoping to at least convey, uh, especially when it comes to our, our response to our government um, locally and, and beyond. We, we try to communicate that we're to, we should be the best citizens of, of our government insofar as liberties that we believe are biblical to not be you know, taken away. But if they need to be suspended because of a national you know, global pandemic, we're okay with that. Our God is, is, is not relegated to um, any government. So I think that has had some impact, um, at least in the tone and tenor of what we, we talk about. And, and we're conservative theologically, and oftentimes that in, engages a lot of conservative politically people, and um, which I've had to remind our, our folks, you know, that our God is on the throne. Uh, it doesn't matter who's in the office. So let's just let's just calm down. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to share that also in November when the election comes. So can't we just calm down? You know, <laughs> practicing <But> that, for that. <laughs> it, that may be exactly what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like you're already seeing some of the good, right? With the way you're, you guys are engaging with one another and reaching out and finding new I ways. I think so. Yeah. yeah. The, the fear is much like after 9-11 or something like that, that it doesn't take too long for it to kind of snap back into know a selfish narcissistic you know way and where we're inconvenienced at the drop of a hat and we i hope that it's longer but i don't think it will be (laughs) but we'll we'll take it we'll take as much of it as we can yeah yeah it's humility does seem to fade rather quickly doesn't it it does yeah ever since the garden Mm -hmm. (laughs) um on that, you know, that same COVID section where you um, you mentioned you had a, a, a button for if people needed help. Did you get yeah. people from outside of your church clicking that and asking? Uh, for- 
no, we didn't, but what we wanted, and we wanted that to go out. Um, we did have somebody within our church who knew of someone, um, actually out in Republic, who had come in to buy toilet paper at Costco and it was all gone. And, uh, you know, and she took a couple hours to come down and, and we had, we actually emptied all of our church toilet paper dispensers. So, I mean, like the big industrial rolls and we're like, we've got these and paper towels and we have veggie straws, you know, galore here that are, that kids aren't using. And so we were able to get those to that particular family and then over to some parents who just needed some, some extra goodies and stuff. But surprisingly um, I thought we'd actually have more requests for need than we really did. We had a lot of people willing to help. And I did have one thing um, and it was, and it wasn't so much because of our church, but childhood friend of my wife's was out. She lives in Lacey, Washington and a coworker of hers, her brother had just recently moved and taken a job at Eastern Washington university in Cheney just moved there and had tested positive for COVID and didn't know a soul, uh, an African-American man in Cheney and didn't know a soul. So she reached out to my wife and we got a shopping list from the sister. Um, I was able to visit with him over the phone. I took all the stuff out and laid it at his apartment door and, and, uh, and said, I'll walk away, you know, so you don't have to see, he sounded miserable. Um, but he was, uh, I mean, it was a privilege to be able to do that. And so those were neat things that just happened. And, uh, it it may have only been, you know, two, two people outside of your church that you helped, but I'm sure it made a huge impact on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it does good for, for my soul too. So, so the, the government is talking about, you know, trying to come up with this plan to reopen. Have, well, have you guys talked about what that will look like for you guys? I know you kind of, alluded to you're having those discussions but yeah we we anticipate going through phases as well um and i haven't heard the latest i think i'd heard you know large gatherings possibly sometime in july but when more than 10 are allowed we'll start to most likely open up some things for a midweek bible study for our women or or just a play date for the kids to come and just run it out um or we'll do some childcare for our folks. So a husband and wife can go out and maybe get a dinner that they haven't been able to. Uh, So those slowly grafted in smaller gatherings, the next phase would include some larger gatherings, maybe a men's ministry breakfast, still no corporate Sunday gathering until those restrictions are, are waived for us to have, you know, 150 plus. So Okay. So a little bit ways out still to have things. Yeah. And, uh, and I know I've got some, some brothers in the area that are, you know, they're submitting letters to the, to the mayor pleading for some sort of um, exemption, you know, on some things. And, and I get that. And, um, and I think we have to be careful to see if our, our liberties are being tread upon, but, it's still soon. It's still early. And, um, and I don't anticipate that actually taking place. Maybe I'm more optimistic than, than some others in my camp, but, but we've had some success in the connection of our church where I don't feel like we're going to have anybody once, once the doors come like, Oh, we waited so long and now, now nothing. Now we bag it. 
because we've had some intentional connection. Um, but we need to do a lot to prepare for the sanitation and all those kinds of things, which we had that um, with our kids ministry because it was fairly large, but we'll need to make sure that we can accommodate you know, um, some of those restrictions. Absolutely. And I imagine yeah. you'll keep everyone posted on your website. I'm sure. Yeah. I am. Uh, I don't like watching myself on, on a camera, um, much less hearing myself. And, but it has been, it's been a way for people to have, stay connected and we're doing a little bit more creative things. I did it, I think one in my, in my backyard and then, you know, a devotional during a midweek from the sanctuary and we'll probably do some videos of this is where you're going to do when you step foot in this church where here you're going to you're going to not rush up to this or whatever you're going to wash your hands and um, we'll, we'll make it fun yeah we'll keep everybody informed that's the, the thing is you are a communications uh, strategist and specialist and i'm i'm in that world of communicating I have never communicated nearly as much as I have in the past three months. It is exponentially increased um, from one-on-one -on -one communication to small groups communications, just various different means of communication. It's, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'm hearing from pastors a lot about they're learning some new skills, technology, yeah. <laughs> communication, video. <laughs> That's right. When you're not at the church, you're home with, with your family, it sounds like. And yeah. Um, how's that going? <laughs> You're all in the same place all the time now. Yeah, well, it was, I, I didn't think I would enjoy working from home and, and I didn't early on. And then it, it got, it felt nice you know, to roll upstairs in shorts and a hat and, uh, and then engage with my kids during the midday. And, and so that, that was fun, but I'm so grateful that this has happened during a time where the weather is relatively nice and cooperating because um, I know my wife has needed plant therapy for some time. So being out in the yard, gardening, that kind of stuff. And, and my kids are older and can contain themselves by themselves. So um, they weren't experiencing and we weren't experiencing many of the uh, things that some of our young families have where they're just, they're losing their minds, you know, jokes about can parents seek emancipation when this is all over you know those kinds of things <laughs> i'm glad to hear that um yeah. that your family's doing okay and still yeah, like each other <laughs> we do we do i'm about uh, to head to florida next week to see my brother i haven't seen him in seven years and and uh and so that's that's going to be good so i'll get some sun and humidity and and bugs probably but I get to do something other than be in the Northwest. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I wish you safe travels. <laughs> Thank you. Before I let you go, you mentioned that you have a prayer group. So what is your prayer right now for people who maybe are seeking that or tuning in? Yeah. Um, so our, our prayer time is just in, in our small groups and those really are um, what's going on in their families. And we've had some people with other health issues that aren't COVID related. And, and so we've had to pray through fear and pray through joy during the midst of this time. That's probably a big one that, that we, that we pray about, you know, most of our people, I think most people in general, if you asked them about joy, they would think it's just mere 
it's expressed itself more in an emotion. It's happiness and you know those kinds of things. And yet, in the midst of very challenging circumstances, you can still be filled with joy, and it impact many other areas of your life. And so that's that's kind of what it's been looking like for us. Um, our prayer times are not super structured and um, intentionally so, so that we can kind of calm ourselves, you know, before we enter into a time of prayer and, and not treat it as a shopping list of things as we're going to go to Costco and I got to pray for this, pray for this, but just have it more, um, more raw and real um, and experiential for our folks. Sounds great. Real, just whatever's on your, on your heart in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. They're real things that are, are, that everybody's going through. And so why not pray for them? That was Pastor Miles Rohde talking about the biblical response to COVID-19 and how his church looks forward to gathering together again when the time is right. Thanks for listening to Faves Forward, which you can find on our website, SpokaneFaves.com, or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to be on our show, email me at TracySimmons at SpokaneFaves.com. We'll see you next time.